Welcome to the Skill Welcome Stadium, the skill. a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium Podcast, and this evening I am excited to have VJ Niles. VJ graduated from Hofstra University with a degree in business and computer information systems back in 1999. She got her MBA from Campbell University in 2005. She's held a number of roles as account manager, leadership roles, and HR before starting her business in 2011, the Niles Group, which helps people with their careers and business. So please welcome VJ Niles. VJ, how are you this evening? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. VJ, I've been noticing you doing a lot of LinkedIn Live. How's that been going? It's been going great. I have a weekly show now where I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's been really fun. And I got access to LinkedIn Live. You know, I've just been helping elevate other people as well as myself, you know, with their platforms. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I love the work you do. I do see that you, you are getting some great guests and, you know, I see you as a LinkedIn expert and I'm certain that you're building networks and relationships on LinkedIn. You know, all the time. Yes. Can you please share how you got into your profession and how important education versus experience was for you breaking into your profession? It was a combination. I've had four careers. As you said, like my first degree is in IT, but I've worked in insurance, higher education, IT, and HR. And I kind of fell into HR. The other one's more strategic about how I approach those. But what I discovered was my love of helping people. And like I did some recruiting work. It was okay, but I didn't enjoy it as much as the career development side of things. That was one of the things that really I wanted to focus in on. I did start out as a recruiter when I opened my business. Um, and we rebranded. We originally were Niles Executive Recruitment. Now I'm the Niles Group. So basically, I used my background from the four careers really to find through my craft. The education was just a piece of it because most of what you learn in school is outdated by the time you come out anyway. Yes. So it was really more about the experiences, right? Someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I'm trying to change careers. I'm not going to give you theory. I've done it four times. So I'm going to talk to you of a place of understanding, a place of empathy, and being very strategic about things that you can do that work. Sure. And now we're seeing with the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of disruption in industries. If you look at hospitality, you look at retail, restaurants, these businesses are just getting rocked. And I have to believe that this is affecting your business. I would imagine perhaps in a positive manner, be just because of your experience and in terms of helping people make career transitions. Can you speak to that, please? Actually, yes. I've been very busy during the pandemic. I was blessed. I have been able to help people. You know, I also do resume writing. I had a lot of resume writing clients that came through. Uh, a lot of people were, uh, like in May, you know, there was a, a good flow of people who like, I'm finally doing something for me. And it's time for me to take the next step in my career. I want to pivot. I'm thinking about maybe doing a consulting business or my own thing. I need help with that. So that's something I do. I'm all about the ultimate career leap. And for some people, their next leap is, you know, you could be a mid-level manager and you want to be a senior manager. You could be senior and you want to hit the C-suite. And for some people, it's just that leap from employee to an entrepreneur. So I help people in, in those spaces. 
had a lot of people coming to me for that. So I've just kind of been adjusting and I almost burnt out in people. I had too much business. I wasn't complaining, but I was just like, okay, I got to manage my time a bit better. You know, and I was just giving out as much help as I can. And a lot of people started interviewing. I think somebody recently got hired. I was waiting to hear back because I was like, how'd your interview go? It's been a good thing for me. I've definitely been busy. So I just try to help as many people as I can. Sure. And, and you know, when you look at it right now, we, we have a lot of people unemployed. We have 30 million people right now who are unemployed. I keep wondering what the solution is. And so I'd be curious, what do you think we can do? particularly from where you're coming from, to help people get employed? I think for some people, it's going to be a pivot. Some people are going to have to really look at their skills and see what they can transfer to something else. Some people are going to have to really adapt and let go of certain things that they think they need in a job. If you're in a a role that is becoming obsolete, you need to readjust your skills and look for something else to do. I think the people that your change are going to have the hardest time finding something because if you're in an industry that's going out the door, now what? Like retail is starting to go out the door, which I think is kind of crazy because it's a great place to learn some service skills and a lot of different things for young people, for people going back to work, you know, housewives can do it, older people, like retail does provide a lot of jobs, you know, and I think a lot of people are going to have to pivot into something like learning a little bit of technical skills, maybe some programming, because that's not going anywhere. If a machine is going to take over your job, learn how to program that machine so that you become useful. I agree. I agree. And get out of the... No, I was saying I I agree with you 100%. Um, We see it a lot. If you look at restaurants, I've gone to restaurants and you see how they have those automated kiosks. We're going to have another pandemic. I'm sure that's going to happen again. This is not going to be the last time this happens. And you got to look at industries that are, um, that are subject that can be harmed by it. So I think people will definitely have to retrain and acquire new skills. So I agree with you hundred percent on that. Another thing too, is that you also have a lot of young people now who in this day and time, they're going to have multiple careers. You talk about people being comfortable with change and being able to change, you know, young people might have six or seven different careers in their lifetimes. Can you share the value and importance of investing in a career coach? When you're transitioning your career, you need somebody to help you along that path, right? I did it the difficult way because I had to learn how to do it by myself and I did it four times. But it's something I'm really good at teaching other people now because you have to understand how to position your talent. And people don't know how to talk about themselves. People don't know what their talent is. They don't know what they bring to the table and can articulate it in a way that says, yes, I can go from doing this to doing that. I mean, honestly, like not even just for young people, most people nowadays, I think it started with Gen X of having multiple careers, right? Of not just staying at one company for 25, 30 years and retiring. People have started, they started moving around in the 90s when the economy was good. Mm -hmm. So having somebody to help you navigate that process, navigate how to build the relationships that are necessary to get you where you want to go faster is valuable. Because you can do it alone, but it's going to take you forever. But if you have a coach that can help you through it, it's so much faster, it's so much easier, and you'll get the results that you want. How do you think people can evaluate whether a coach is a good fit for them? Like, how will they know that? Because there are a number of coaches out there. How do you Mm -hmm. think people could determine, like, okay, this is the right coach for me? Well, it's going to be a personality match. It's going to be a result match. I know as a coach, I also qualify my clients. I'm not a right fit for everybody. I had a young man once who came to me and he wanted to be an actor. You need an acting coach. 
You yes. need somebody who can help you with that. So, like, I don't do creative of that level, like art, music. Like, that's not my wheelhouse. But if you're a business STEM person, you're my wheelhouse. Definitely. Right? You're, you're in marketing, something like that. So you want to find somebody that understands your industry. You know, if you're, if you're in legal and you want to stay in legal, like, you want to find a coach that knows that industry. So you want to look at their background, then see the types of clients that they work with because even, you know, even within the industry, they still only work with certain groups and find out what their niche is. And then, you know, you talk to the person and see if it's a good fit. You feel comfortable with them because a coach is going to get you to open up. They're going to make you feel uncomfortable to make you grow. So are you okay with this person making you uncomfortable? Yep. And I might add also, you have a strong online presence so I have to believe that uh, that also helps too, because I think nowadays people are going to, they're going to look you up before they even make the call. They might know a lot more about you than you think just because they've done their research. But there's probably still like some older coaches that don't have the, the big online presence, but their word of mouth is way valuable. Definitely. So it's kind of like even getting those testimonials because I mean, some people just aren't great at technology. So you, I would say it's a combination. If you're looking for somebody that's going to help you to the C-suite and stay with somebody in the C-suite, mm-hmm. they might have a pretty decent, you know, if they're in a certain age bracket. If they're a little older, they might not. That's true. That makes but, sense. You know, they're really good at what they know. You know, it's like, okay, I've taken these 17 companies to the next level. So outside of their, you know, their online presence might just be like their bio. It might not really be more of who they are. Mm-hmm. So I would find like testimonials of people they've worked with. Yes, that makes sense. Now, Someone who switched careers, I would imagine you've had some people who've given you advice or who've had an impact on you. Can you share someone who's had an influence on your career and maybe what you learned from them or what you learned during your time of making career changes? Well, in my time of making career changes, I think what impacted me the most was the bad people. I can't really say I had like a work mentor. I had one once. When I was first in insurance, my first corporate job out of college, I worked at AIG and they had a 12 week training process. And in that you got a mentor. So I had a mentor from my department. That was probably like the only legit mentor I had at work. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I didn't have any more mentors. I would ask questions of people here and there, but I learned a lot of it on my own. I'm also very observant. So I just kind of paid attention. And that first mentor, I guess maybe he's the one that probably had the most impact. I guess it was Sammy because I watched what he did and he started out in the mailroom and he got to a level that senior management made a position for him. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I learned company for because that's a big deal. He was, I don't know, because we're talking like he was my mentor in 99. No, 2000. He was my mentor in 2000. So I we're talking 20 years now, but I mean, he wasn't that old or anything. He had already been there at that point. I'm not even sure if he was 30 yet, or he might've just hit 30 when he was my mentor, wow. like early thirties, I think. Cause I was like 22. I turned 23. He might've been 31. He showed me how like he, he networked and just showing his value. Like uh, they had analyst levels one through four and to be a three and a four, you had to be an attorney. He didn't go to law school. I'm not even sure if he had a degree, but they created an A5 just for him. I learned a lot from him. Yeah. It goes to show you that knowledge versus know-how, know-how really wins in developing relationships. And I mean, I think that's really a great example that you have your, your IT degree and you have your MBA. A lot of what you're telling me you're doing and where you are is based on your know-how 
your experience, your ability mm-hmm. to just learn something new. Like you're not sitting there relying on the education you, you did years ago. And I can have a third degree too. I have a, I have a second bachelor's in African American studies. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I got that in between the, the first bachelor's and my MBA. I've seen a lot, learned a lot. But I'm very more of a hands-on person. I'm not just theory-based. I like to be hands-on, and I learn best while doing. Yeah, and that's obvious. The fact that you've been able to change careers is a testimony to your ability to adapt and to learn new things. And we're in a world where one thing that's guaranteed is change. So I think that that is just an asset, and I'm pretty sure you're able to share that with your clients. Speaking of your clients, can you tell us who is an ideal client? Because obviously we have business people, we have workers, we have the whole gamut. We have people from 22 to 60, right? So kind of zero in on who your ideal client, what does your ideal client look like for you? My ideal client is a mid-level professional or it's like a higher end and higher end in age millennial, a Gen Xer, maybe a low end boomer. Sure. Um, That's my sweet spot, right? People who have like 10, 15 years of work experience plus, those are the people who are usually the most frustrated Yes. They're now disengaged and they're no longer excited about their career. I love helping those people find their happy place again, right? Going, yes, you can be happy. Say yes to yourself, right? It's okay. You can change careers. Let me show you how to do that. What do you right? think because are they're the, kind of stuck. Yeah. What do you think are their biggest reservations? Like, what are the challenges that they're having? Can, like, what's the common for problem that, that you see for that group, your ideal client? Um, a common problem is. They don't know how to talk about themselves. So when they want to do something else, they don't know how to articulate it. They lack in networking skills because, once again, it goes down to knowing how to talk about yourself. And the earlier you learn how to talk about yourself, the easier it is. Now, even though I, I do coach, like I've done the gamut from to executives, but I focus in on that point. But then when I do speaking engagement, sometimes I do speak for colleges. It's like I've spoken a few times for Toro College, their undergrad and their grad school. Mm-hmm. You know, the students to help them, you know, navigate that path. But that's really a big thing. They, they want to do something else. They don't know how. And it's really because they don't know how to talk about themselves. So I teach them how to position their talent and not just focus on the job title. And that's really how I've been able to, well, one big component of how I've been able to transition my career before industries. I've worked not profit, for profit, you know, big companies, small companies. And it's all been because I know how to talk up what I bring to the table. Excellent. And I would imagine that referrals are probably an asset for you. You know, I'm sure that- Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I know that you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Can you let people understand the- I'm always shocked when people tell me they're not on LinkedIn or they're not using it. Can you break down the importance of LinkedIn and just, you know, share some tactics on, particularly for our young people, how they can capitalize on it? LinkedIn- it's not like the other platforms, and that's why people kind of have a problem with it because they're not sure what to post, they're not sure what to do because like the rules of engagement are so different on LinkedIn. But if you are looking for a job, you need to be on LinkedIn. That's where the recruiters are. They go in, they do searches, and they're looking for people, right? They're on the job boards, but then even from the job boards, you go over to LinkedIn because maybe the job board isn't up to date and maybe somebody has a more updated LinkedIn profile or vice versa, but they're going to do both. And with LinkedIn, you can build relationships. You can reach out to people. You can ask questions for the young people. If you want to be something and you're not sure how to be that, find somebody who is that and ask them, connect with them and say, hey, I'm early in my career and I would love to know how you got where you are. Maybe you have 15 minutes. Can we do 
a virtual chat, a virtual coffee. And, you know, can you tell me your career story? And then let them, people like to talk about themselves if you like. Yes. Right. So if you can ask for the career story, if they're willing to have the time, they go, sure, no problem. And they'll tell you their career story. And then you can go, you know, what could you give me one piece of advice? I agree. And then you build a relationship and then you just keep following up with the person. You don't do it every week, but you know, every couple of weeks you check in, Hey, how are you doing? How's it going? And you build relationships. And then when people have opportunities, you're top of mind because you reach back out and just say, Hey, how are you doing? I remember when we talked, you know, you mentioned, you know, your kids were going back to school. So how's that working for them now with the pandemic? Right. Or, you know, your kids in soccer, like they win the game that we talked about last time. So you can really, build relationships on LinkedIn. You know, and since you can't be in person right now, LinkedIn is the best place to do it. And you want to engage on people's content. If you don't know what to post just yet, engage on other people's content until you're ready to post your own content. And don't think it has to be some great masterpiece. You can say something as simple as, am I the only one just feeling overwhelmed today? Something I observe with you is you are definitely in the comments. You're somebody who engages people. So for folks listening to this podcast, VJ, she is a great person to follow and connect with on LinkedIn. She's very engaging. As a matter of fact, I met you on LinkedIn. So she's got so much knowledge and information. You always want to engage with people. You learn so much in the comments. It's a great place to network. You're going to mm-hmm. make contacts just through commenting on people's posts, especially people who have a lot of engagement. And that's how it is. And and you can engage with people from all over the world right now. Yes. I have contacts in Singapore. You know, you can follow hashtags and, and be part of different things. And I have students that I follow and they follow me back. And, you know, like there's so much, the engagement is crazy on LinkedIn. They say it's like what Facebook was in 2012 or 2014, something like that. It's definitely there. And yeah, I don't even remember if we probably met through a post or somebody's live and we're commenting together. It was a post. I know it was through comments, it was actually. It was a post and through comments. I know that for sure. Because like I said, I always remember you from comments because you're just somebody that engages people and that jumps out. So yes, I, I, I probably yes. definitely was a post. So that's one strategy that people can take. Engagement. That's huge. Yes. You know, we all know that change is constant. And I mean, I think you've covered a lot of this, but is there any advice you'd want to give to people as they navigate through these challenging time and as the world is changing? Any final words yeah. of advice you can share? In terms of change, let go of what you think things are supposed to be and embrace what is mm-hmm. and then sit quietly and listen and you'll find the opportunity. Because we fear change and we push at it so hard, but the change is not always bad. It's growth. You know, you have to be able to adapt. The world is not going to adapt to you. So if you're open, things will magically happen for you if you embrace what life has to offer you. I think we fight against our passions and fight against what we or what could be our destiny or something that makes us happy because we're listening to somebody else tell us what we should be or how things should be, and we're not really looking at how things are and seeing how we can be the best version of ourselves and how things are. So right now, things are like a bit crazy. You can't go out as much, or you can if you want to, but then, you know, life will throw you some hard facts and some hard (laughs) issues. Don't do stuff online. We need to physically distance from each other, but we don't need to socially distance. There's opportunities. 
if you look for it, if you listen in the chaos, like I said, through the midst of chaos, opportunities will arise. I've had some of my best months lately because of the pandemic. It's thrown other parts of my life into a tailspin, but it helped my business. But I allowed it to help my business. I was able to adapt. Like I did most of my business online anyway, so it wasn't too much for me to adapt. Nice. But I didn't fight the adapt, you know, the adaptation. There we go. So it was like if things are changing, you just roll with it. If every now and then you just roll with the punches, it's easier for you. Well said. Finally, can you share your social media contacts, how people can reach you, how they can find you? Sure, sure. You can find me on LinkedIn. It's just VJ Niles. You can find me on Instagram at the Niles Group. Twitter is at VJ Niles. And mm, I have a Facebook business page that is the Niles Group as well. And I'll have that or information. Or you can find my website, www.denialsgroup.com. All yeah. those links are on there. Excellent. And I will have the information posted in the notes. We like to end with a few rapid questions. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. What is a podcast you like to listen to? I actually don't listen to many podcasts. I know it's crazy. Um, Sometimes because of the things that I'm doing, sometimes I just kind of have like music on in the background and I always forget about podcasts. I really don't listen to many podcasts. Well, I hope you listen to. I hope you listen to your podcast, this podcast, when it comes out. Yes, yes, this one I will listen to. I always forget about podcasts. It's just like I, it's just one of those things. I think because I do too many things, I kind of run all day until about two in the morning. So wow. I don't always have time to just stop and listen to something or think about it when it's in the background. No, oh, I get it. Totally understand. Favorite yeah. artist or music? I'm an old school junkie. I love like old school from. Like the seventies to the nineties. Oh, I love that. Good, good choice. A book you read that impacted you? On a business level, um, Think and Grow Rich. On a personal level, David Walker's Peel. Nice. One thing on your bucket list. Ah, one thing on my bucket list. Hmm. Five homes throughout the world. Nice. Nice. I know you traveled before. I remember you. you I think mm-hmm. it was at Christmas time. You went out of town. You were working from. Yeah, I was out of the country. Out of the country. So, yeah. No, that's that's great. One thing you can't live without? My peace of mind. Good answer. My sanity is like my most important thing. You you will not, don't mess with my peace. I'll fight you. I need my peace. (laughs) Uh, That's a great answer. Great answer. And finally, a quote or mantra you live by? Uh, Winston Churchill, if you're going through hell, keep going. Nice. <laughs> well, VJ, thank you so much for your time. If there's ever anything I can do to help you with the work you're doing, the business you're doing, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yes. Thank you so much, Keith. It's been a pleasure. I hope your audience loves this. I mean, I had a great time doing this with you and I'll definitely be in touch with you. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.